Welcome to Ripstop on the Record, a podcast where fabric enthusiasts and DIY gurus discuss all things make your own gear, with the occasional poor attempt at comedy to keep it interesting. I'm Kyle Baker, the owner and founder of Ripstop by the Roll, and we're excited to have you listening. What's going on, guys? This is Kyle from Ripstop by the Roll and the Ripstop on the Record podcast, the official podcast of DIYers and small businesses everywhere. So we are super pumped to be back in the saddle again. We are off the milk and cookies. We're back on the keto. Everything's going to be good. We've put 2020, that that thing that uh, that was 2020, behind us. And I think we're all pumped for a new year. Carter, what do you think? I'm definitely pumped. Um, I'm not pumped about the part where you said that we're not going to have milk and cookies anymore. Um, but, you know. Yeah, I'm pumped. Eat more, more pumped. So, hi everybody. We're uh, happy to get back on this thing. That was Jameson, by the way. Um, yeah. So, this episode, uh, we're gonna do our second Q and A. Um, excited to kick off this new year with hearing from you guys. Um, so, I think we're gonna jump right into it. Pause. Pause. But before we jump right into it. We do have to crack open a brew. Um, so yet again, if you guys are faithful followers of this, you know that I literally screw this up almost every single time except for once. Um, and I forgot to get beer, but luckily Kyle picked it up. Uh, so today we are juicing on some Elysian Contact Haze, Hazy IPA. And uh, I don't, you guys want to try like a trio opening? I get the Got to get the can pop ready. Hashtag finger strength. All right. So now that we're all liquored up, I think it's time to, to jump right into these questions. So to start off, Kyle, what you got from our wonderful uh, MYOGers out there? All righty. So I'm going to kick things off and start asking questions to Mr. Jameson. So number one, here we go. What's a material you would like to see used in more make your own gear projects? It's kind of a fun one because it's so, and there's, there's a lot of different ways to look at that from things that have been newly released that we just want to get more seasons through versus things that I think people could capitalize on more. So the two, two things I think of immediately are, are venom kind of in that, in the vein of just seasons. I'm excited to see that over time because like the product copy says, like the ultimate pack fabric, one that we, we sent around the office and couldn't tear <laughs> that people try to rip apart and, and yeah, couldn't sure. have any success on. So to see that one put into more applications and more design is pretty inspiring. Plus the, the heat bonding uh, potential is uh, untapped still largely. So yeah. that. Yeah, and I mean, we're starting to see some feedback on that now. Um, I saw a post the other day uh, on, on Facebook where somebody was uh, planning out a pack and then going through uh, all the questions and things like that. So it'll be cool to see more of that um, unfold throughout the year. Massively. So the Venom, the 3.9 Venom uh, UHMWPE TPU, just make it clear if you need to search for that. Uh, and then that and, and the Melange, um, it's one that has been used a decent amount, but again, that potential that it has of being like one of the ultimate fabrics and the look, like it, it touches on something that's more than just technical, but has a really strong like street appearance, if you will. Um, yeah, hybrid uh, tech uh, fashion exactly. space. Yeah, exactly. And like the way it actually feels isn't like your other, there's not a whole lot that feels like that either. Like the, the texture that it possesses is different from like a current DCF or different than an HDPE or a, a 210 grid stop, something like that. Uh, it's just different. So it's got a lot of potential there as well. Sure. More like a cotton, like soft hand feels more like uh, something that you would see in a uh, garment fabric, but yeah, yeah, yeah. really uh, high tech bones. Exactly. Performing and attractive. Nice. So uh, Jay Stein underscore hikes asks Kyle, any plans to offer more DCF woven fabrics, maybe something similar to the 5.2 woven, but less pack rafty. Yeah. I mean, I've said this before. I think that, uh, woven, um, well, maybe this should be changed to woven with Dyneema because Dyneema composite fabrics, um, uh, I think by definition aren't woven, but, um, I think that I've said this before that woven's with Dyneema, I think are going to be the future because it's like 
Jameson was saying, blending um, the attributes of a, a normal, um, regular working nylon and polyester with a good technical uh, tech fabric um, performance bones. So yeah, we definitely want to do more, um, specifically things like some lighter weight um, uh, ripstops, nylon ripstops with Dyneema. Um, not in the short term, perhaps the second quarter of, of this year. Um, I would also mention that in line with what, uh, what this question is getting at, it's going to be a lot easier to create these fabrics uh, because Dyneema is switching up the way that they are modeling the business. Um, they're switching to more of what I'll call a fiber model, um, where instead of selling the actual, uh, the finished product fabrics and having, having those variants, uh, we're going to have access to the Dyneema fiber itself and be able to use that in our own creations. Um, so to weave uh, new things and new fabrics and materials from scratch um, that utilize the performance component of, of Dyneema, which is the which is the fiber. There's a lot there. Thanks. Um, all right. So next question, throwing it over to Carbear. Uh, Hansen, we you you've contributed before, so thanks for sending your question. How do you, Carter, how do you recommend prototyping tent design ideas? Don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so you can go about this a few different ways. Um, well, I'll answer it in two parts because I think there are two distinctions between these. I think there's a prototyping stage that is more uh, fully set on the design stage where you might be modeling this up in a CAD program or drawing it on graph paper. Um, and as far as prototyping, I would just recommend doing whichever one of those you're more comfortable with. Uh, but in terms of prototyping and actually like making a product physically to see what it looks like, I would recommend using a definitely a cheap fabric. Um, but in general, uh, if you're going to work with a composite or a laminate, it's really nice to work with something like Tyvek, which acts uh, similarly to that. Yeah, um, so yeah, that's um, what so, I usually see. Yeah, Tyvek. it takes uh, it takes a similar shape and takes fold the same way, and you can actually tape it up if you really wanted to. Um, and it's relatively cheap to come by. That's something that we definitely want to carry probably in 2021 that we've thought about carrying for a while and just haven't pulled the trigger on it. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, Tyvek's a really good one. And then really just any any cheap fabric that you can pick up or steal from somewhere. I don't condone stealing, but, but yes, just don't use, yeah, just don't start test. prototyping on 2.92 if you've never used it before, because you're probably going to be sad whenever it doesn't work out. And poor. And wanna, poor, yes. It's a good point. I want to follow up on that, Carter. Uh, so at Handsent, just to be clear, I don't where wherever somebody is coming from based on their uh, selection of a sleep system and things like that, what would you say? Like, so your initial reaction, albeit a joke, is like, don't do the tent. What are other sleep system options that you would highly recommend um, for either whether that's weight, uh, whether that's um, warmth, uh, water resistance, right? Things that you want in a sleep system. Why would you or would you not recommend a tent? Not saying that you shouldn't get one, but just as other options if people are looking at sleep systems. Uh, yeah. So I think in, in that case, all I mean by that is just that building a tent is not a simple project. That's one of the most difficult things that you could possibly put together. And uh, because of that, I would, I would just say that I would be scared to make one. Um, but by all means, you should do it. As far as like other shelter systems, if you listen to um, previous editions of the podcast, you guys already know what I think about tents versus hammocks. It's pretty clear that I, uh, I'm, I like hammocks more because they're better, but yeah, as far, as far as prototype, I think, uh, tents are obviously like the shelter, um, traditionally in backpacking and, and camping in general. So there's no problem with them there. Uh, it's just a hefty, I would say that building a hammock, a gathered in hammock and a tarp is easier than making like a double wall tent with an net inner and a bathtub floor because it's just, it just is. Even like a ground or even like a ground tarp system, like a trekking pole or tree, like a, just a tarp system, a frame, whatever to keep it. super. Yeah, that would be really easy. And then like along with that, you could make a bivy or something like that. But um, just, just one more note. If you do make a tent, please send that to us. I would love to see somebody build out a full tent. Yeah, I mean, we've seen some throughout yeah. the years, but not very many, I think, yeah. lend into what Carter yeah. is, is saying. That is level that's 10 all, status. That's not your entry level project. <laughs> that's not the DI, $10 DIY kit. No. All right. So I think it's back to me. Um, and I'm 
back to Mr. Jaytown. So if you were to sew 1.1 sill poly all day, you love it all day long. What sewing machine would you use and why? All right, loaded question. First of all, I would say that uh, your sewing machine is going to be potentially, assuming it's functional, less impactful than the needle that you use. So if you're sewing a small fabric or a lightweight fabric like that, rather use a small needle, make sure you're not using uh, something super big that's just gonna leave massive holes that you're gonna have to seal later or something like that. Um, sure. If you had any option at a sewing machine, then totally go use an industrial machine that's going to move quickly and be super smooth. But most people like your sewing machine is fine, whatever you're using, just make sure you get the right needle for, for what you're doing. Yeah, I think a lot of people kind of get caught up in, I don't know whether it's just like they're inventing problems to, to not start or they're creating obstacles that, that aren't really there. But we get a lot of questions about like, okay, what machine do I need? Like, give me in the list of like 10 commandments to sewing uh, M10 or 1.1 so poly. I mean, like your home machine that you get from Target or grandma, it's, it's going to work. Right. And so the only thing I would add there is that, you know, I have the privilege of having a fully automatic industrial machine in my house and it's a hell of a lot better, but that doesn't, I could still make the same quality product out of another one. Right? Yeah. So that's not to say that, if you want to get that jukey and and that's what you know that's a responsible thing for you to do then by all means go for it but i think that um along with needle size uh thread thickness is also like those are the two things that are going to give you the best product not necessarily like if you have auto back tack or something like that i've made i've made three tarps in the last year like or multiple projects with 1.1 sil poly and specifically like i have a plastic like a nice but like a plastic home brother sewing machine. It's not special, but getting like getting a small needle, I've made tons of stuff that I've, that I've used and have worked well. It's not necessarily about your machine, so you can totally tackle it. Awesome, thank you for that. This question comes from Stuff Jeff Made. I hope it was good, Jeff. Um, uh, and this is for Kyle. Any plans, Kyle, in 2021 to expand our hardware selections? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there are a number of things we want to do. Um, if I could pick out one, I would say that probably the pack parts, they are parts are surrounding a pack build. I think that there are definitely some deficiencies there with buckles and adjusters and clips and all kinds of things that you need to, to round out a, a pack build. We don't, we definitely don't have all of those. Um, and we don't have all of them, all the, all the components and or all of the widths and sizes that, that one would need um, to have the full repertoire of, um, of resources uh, to, to Marshall. Repertoire, that's a French, um, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the only thing I'll add to that too is that Kyle and I have a list, some multiple actually at this point over the years of just spreadsheets full of products that we want to add. Like the, there are 7,000 different hardware pieces that I would love for us to add tomorrow. And that's going to be a big goal for us this year. Um, but yes, the, uh, we, we want more buckles and you will get more buckles. I think that's uh, where the product coordinator will be able to come in and make a, a dent. Carter, as somebody new to the company and has only been following Ripside with Roll for a short period of time, what were some of the top releases or new fabrics of 2020? So the funny thing about this is, uh, I will be honest, I do look over the questions before we start talking. You know, I don't want to say something more stupid than I already will. Um, but I was reading this and I was asking uh, Kyle and Jameson, like, I honestly don't remember anything we released this year because it's just been such a hectic and wild year with COVID and everything that's been going, like, everything that's been going on um dude i don't remember anything pre-covid like what happened in january february and the first week of march i don't i don't know you can tell me i actually don't think it did happen i think it's a construct as moshe would say um but i if i so i did have to go back i was basically just saying did was this from this year and kyle was like uh, i think i don't I'm, i think yeah and so yeah, finally yeah. i've nailed down uh, I actually just have two, and funnily enough, it's the two that Jameson mentioned earlier, uh, but the Venom TPU fabric is one that 
we worked a really long time on and we've been salivating over some version of that type of material for quite some time and to have it finally be released is really exciting for me and I've gotten a chance to use it quite a bit and I love it so far. Um, and to, to Jameson's point, I think that it, the, there's still a lot more to be done in the maker community and also for uh, cottage vendors to really utilize that, that fabric for, to, to harness its power, if you will. Um, the other one is another one that he mentioned, uh, the melange. It, and I think that's, it's just so sexy. I mean, it, it just looks so, so good. sexy. And the printed one too. Like if you, if you saw my Instagram video of the purple haze, uh, printed melange, like that's my favorite color. And I was able to print that custom. Like, it's just, it looks so good. And by, by the way, I have to interject as a point of uh, value to our listeners. I think we should probably post that Pantone code because I'm not sure anyone actually knows how to order that. <laughs> we'll take that down as a note. <laughs> we need to share Carter's loves um, and provide the opportunity for Can everyone I, to share. Well, that well, so the reason that it's not posted is because it took me a long ass time to find it. We have a color map right here while we're recording. It took me so damn long to find it that I kind of don't, I kind of want to keep it for myself because it's kind of like my color now. Like, sorry, uh, stuff Jeff made. You can't have it. Like, and I like that. That gives me power. Can we call that like Car Bear Purple on the website, just making it its own product? If you could have seen Kyle's face when you just said that. Yeah, it sounds great. Yes, but yeah, so those are, those are the two um, two releases. There were definitely more. Um, sorry for the fabrics that I didn't mention. I hope I didn't hurt your feelings, but these, these are the ones that I think were pretty impactful and the ones that I'm most excited about. So we, we are not ignorant to the realization that Venom looks scary, right? Like most people think DCF is scary to spend $20. We didn't price that because we like want to mark up a lot. Like this is a ridiculously nice fabric. You know, we're not, we're not pretending like the users don't know that we, we realize that. And like, that's why it took so long to produce something so powerful. For sure. And we, uh, if we had made it out of Dyneema, it would have been even scarier. <laughs> $7 million per yard. Um, and then someone comes along and they're like, uh, any 50 D coming? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, yeah, if you're giving us the deed to your house, I'll send you a roll right on out. But all right. So moving right along, we are back to asking questions of Jameson. What materials would be best for a rain jacket from Sam Bob Roberts? Hold on. Hold on one second. Does that make his name Sam Bob? Bob? <laughs> Wait, what? Sam Bob Roberts. Robert Roberts, like yes. Sam Robert Roberts. Sorry, Sam. I love you. <laughs> uh, best rain jacket. Uh, it depends. I remember like my accounting teacher saying I was answered everything. And I feel like that is even more applicable to, to DIY. That like, yeah, it just depends on what you're going to do. A waterproof breathable could be really nice, but it depends on what you're looking at doing. Like, is this going to be layered uh, with an insulating system? Is this going to be used on its own? Um, we have the, are you trying to tape it? Like exactly sure. what's your sewing machine look like? Yeah. It, it depends. I know that's not the answer you like or that you want to know cause you want to just get one, but a part of me, like it, it, it's, it's going to depend on where you're looking at doing again. If you want a direct answer, we sell a 1.4 ounce or 10 D waterproof, uh, waterproof breathable. That could be good for that. Um, 3.3 Ventec. Ventec has one. Things like that. We had a yeah. one with. Was that a Dyneema demo days? A Dyneema breathable. Yeah, yeah we have a 1.2 uh, Dyneema um, waterproof breathable. Yep. Those are some of the ones that come to mind. But I am going to use my lifeline here if we were playing those rules and and refer if Carter has any additional info. I was going to revert that back to you because I knew your ass was going to try to get out of this. <laughs> um, if I so let's say we did another competition right with the bike bags right and I said Jameson we're making rain jackets and we're going head to head. Um, and this is something that you're going to have to use on like one of your trail runs that I still don't understand why you do those. Um, what would you pick? And it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the best or like you're endorsing that as being the top rain jacket fabric, because to your point, I think that's dependent on a lot of factors, but like, what would you choose? I would choose something that I, that I don't currently own. So like I have a, like a Eddie Bauer soft shell with a DLUR at, I have like an REI, like half membrane, half spray layered. So I would want something that is like a waterproof breathable and like super, super light. Like I don't have like a light jacket I really want. So I would go for, um, if I could use anything like the 1.2 waterproof breathable, 
breathable with Dyneema. That's what I would choose just because it's something I haven't worked with. It kind of adds a different layering opportunity to my current kind of closet of, of gear. Um, so that's what I'd go with. And now you have to pay for it and can't pull it out of the free box. And do you want to change your answer? No. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Days. One, one, still Polly. No. Awesome. Thanks. Um, yeah. So up next from Benny H509. Kyle, why are there some DCF variants? What? Pause. So moving right along here, Kyle, why are some DCF variants small release or limited releases? I want that awesome lime green woven. <laughs> yeah, so to be as succinct as possible, um, DCF variants that come out for in small release or limited release like we did with the demo days in 2020 are mainly when Dyneema has or DSM has overruns or um, some cosmetic seconds, things like that, or they've made a, a short run of a developmental material. It could be um, an existing variant that they're trying out a new film with that's slightly different and they're not sure about the adhesion or some property of it. They're just testing things, um, and but they don't want to necessarily roll it out into their stock uh, catalog. So we get a hold of, of some of that stuff and we as we're always uh, trying to do, push the, the limits and bring you guys, uh, both the DIYer and the small business owner, access to new new things. Like we get a kick out of that. So that's how the limited release things come come about. I think in uh, a previous like Maker Spotlight or something, you were talking with Matt from Redpaw, Jameson, and uh, you guys yeah. were both bonding over the fact that it's so ugly yet so beautiful at the same time. And I thought that was awesome. That you guys immediately, your eyes lit up. And like, I think there was a, a little spark there. What are we talking about? Which one? Five two. Uh, oh yeah, that's such a, like a polarizing fabric. Like some people are like, Ugh, and other people are like, <sighs> you know. I like it. I actually like. It. But I mean, I like olive yellow. I loved olive yellow from the beginning. But the other people think that's like shit. You know. We have. Oh, he also. Well, and you like like ripstop green because that's kind of your thing, right? Like in the in our other warehouse, um, we uh, ordered some trash cans and they are literally like they're yeah they're green. And as Kyle would say. That's hot. Lime lime green doesn't do them justice. Like they're brighter than lime green. They're um, they're like some would say they're an RBTR green, Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> That's branding. Uh, all right, rolling along, Carter. Uh, this question: some fabric application. I'm looking to make a winter quilt for some snowy backpacking. Uh, probably negative ten degree rated Fahrenheit. Just so you know. Uh, packability is key for me. I don't have a stern price line. What do you, the pro, recommend I use? Um, so certainly down, right? Packability is key, right? And then on top of that, I really, I, you could go up to like a 950 fill power down if, if price is no object uh, and that's going to be the most packable. I tend to see a, a performance decrease in those higher fill powers as they either absorb oils. I mean, and you can wash them, but still like they're, they're so compressible that like, it's almost like the atmosphere is compressing them. Like your body is compressing it because it's so compressible. So I tend to, I tend to really like the 850 or the 900 fill is like the max for the fill power that I would use for that reason. Um, so definitely down. And then I'm assuming that this is top, top quilt. So I'm going to say um, in terms of fabric, that I really like, uh, I like a few fabrics actually. I was gonna try to like narrow it down, but in reality there are lots. Um, I think that I would definitely use M10. I'd probably use M10 ripstop for the outside and maybe the taffeta for the inside. Um, but some, some combination of uh, between a seven and a 10D fabric is what I'm gonna use for the lightest, most packable stuff. What if, what if you have crusty heels? So you can take a patch of the 5.2 woven and sew it in right where your heels would be. And uh, th that's, you could do that. And I'm not saying that I have done that, but I'm also not saying that I have not done that. And I'm also <laughs> not saying that our sheets at home don't have a patch of 5.2 woven directly where my heels go in side <laughs> sleep position because I kept tearing. I did actually tear a hole in our sheets. 
and Ashley got really pissed off at me. It's called Dr. Shoals, man. Dude, I, I did, and he didn't answer. I like I had the pet egg thing in the shower. I'll be ring his ass again. I'll be scrubbing them, and I, they're good now. By the way, I don't have some ugly ass feet, y'all. I promise. They're um. Oh, speaking of feet, real quick, this is a side note, but someone did reach out in about in the previous podcast. Um, I said, uh, send me some pics of you wearing Crocs. And someone did that. And I can't remember who it was, but I just want you to know that I love you and I appreciate you. And you're the best. Legend. That was amazing. Made my day. That made my day to see that picture. Yes, indeed. I have not seen the picture, but um, by all accounts, it's pretty nice. It wasn't crusty. I'll tell you that. All right. So back to Jameson. If you had to choose one RBTR fabric to make all of your underwear out of for the rest of your life, which would you choose and why? We like to keep it light here um, and sometimes airy. And this question is from, not really sure who this is, A Big Hala. Yes, Jameson, I know it's Carter's wife. <laughs> oh my gosh, James, like, dude, it's Carter's wife. Seriously, it's, it's Carter's wife. It's had to, anyway. Um, Well, Ten seconds. because I do make all of my underwear out of fabric I can get from the employee bin here, I got to say that uh, waterproof breathable does so much for you. I mean, you can go swimming and you can stay airy. So it might be the best option. However, we have some good Cordura in there that would do really, really well. <laughs> Are you fucking high, dude? What? A maximum abrasion resistance? What is going on, dude? Are you trying, what are you trying to like sand your nethers, man? What is wrong with you? Guys, he was also being serious, which is the most unfortunate part of this. Anyway, sorry to hijack that, but honestly, that was appalling. I think on one spectrum, we have maybe breathability, right? Absolutely. And then, uh, what are the things that are important, right? We have breathability, um, uh, skin feel, it, particularly in, you know, those regions, uh, skin feel is, is nice. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I, Carter and I are both diving into the cycling world right now. And I, I can't help but think that there needs to be more attention to abrasion resistance in, in liners, you know. Um, I will say, actually, we do have uh, the the monolite has been said, Carter said it before, but I do say again, it is a noticeably breathable fabric, but it is not uh, it's not lost on us that some of our fabrics are used for uh, varying apparel, should we say. Yeah, well, we said it. And probably going to leave it right there. Yeah, it's yeah. good for me. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there's uh, creative types, and uh, those we exist to empower all creative types. Um, nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, That is yeah. true. But uh, we'll leave it at that. All right, so Kyle, how many people people work at Ripstop by the Roll, and are you looking to hire? Uh, and this comes from Chris Foley. Thanks, Chris Foley. Mr. Chris Foley, okay. How many people work here? I think we're at 16, something like that right now. I tried to count it up in my head right before I asked this, but I don't know. Somewhere, it's between 1 and 20. Yeah, I think it's 16. Um, that's including... Uh, part-time, full-time, remote, on-site, on um, all, all of the all of the designations. Are we looking to hire? Yes, we are hiring right now. We're currently hiring for a product coordinator, and then we're going to be hiring next a production manager, so somebody who oversees the operations of the floor and makes sure that you get your orders on time and correctly. correctly. And that will that posting for the production manager will be coming definitely soon. Um, it's something that we're pretty pumped about uh, being able to bring somebody in uh, to to help us manage production. So yeah, good stuff, Carter. Really good. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Uh, Nathan Betts. I don't know what Nathan bets on, but not the length of his fabrics, according to the <laughs> according to the question. Are you? How do you have no children, but you're such a dad? <laughs> Uh, yeah, not touching that one. So I end up with one piece of fabric longer than the other when I sew. How can I fix it? Is this my machine? So, I mean, it could be your machine. And I think what you're describing is uh, like, for instance, maybe you're taking a tarp and you're sewing the ridge line together. So you have two long pieces of fabric and then you're, you're sewing them together all the way 
down and then whenever you get to the bottom it's not even and that could be related to like your presser foot tension but most likely you're just pulling the fabric too hard on the back side and also more more even likely than that is that you're pulling one side of the fabric more than the other or you're pulling you're just pulling it too hard so like you need to even out your tension a little bit like with your back hand whenever you're feeding the, the material through and let the machine do the work let the feed dogs and the presser foot move your material for you don't try to like you're, if you pull it really hard in the back it's not going to go any faster so just you know that's what you should do but I, I would assume that that's what the problem is and that also i would say that depending on the material it could be slipping a little bit and that happens to the best of us so there are going to be times where you sew something and it doesn't line up exactly perfectly and, and that's okay we still we still like you still your thunder here carter because that was a great answer uh, but uh, no I, I directly say this because i have experienced this recently and for me one of the one of the things that I was ignoring was just uh, proper pinning or clipping as well. Like I've noticed that that happened a lot to me if I was just trying to hold them in place and then run them through with my hand instead of taking the time to clip it and then pay attention. You might be doing that already, but again, just to provide info, that was something that I paid more attention to after I recognized that I did that a lot. Does he mention what type of fabric he's using? No. no. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed it happening. It, it tends to happen at least in my experience with thinner fabrics more so with, with the slippery yeah, like 1.1 uncalendered versus 1.9 ripstop yeah well i mean they have like they have less stability and it's a lot more likely that you're going to be stretching it or lose track of it a little bit um, um but like usually whenever i see it it's either because a you didn't pin something or because you're like pulling you're, you're not yeah. you're not letting the That's machine it, yeah. take you for a ride you're trying to take the machine for a ride and it doesn't appreciate that yeah, if you're getting down on it, you're saying it's going to stretch more. I mean, the, yeah. the thinner fabric is going to stretch yeah. more. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, here we go. I am making a fast pack, looking to, to do the Wind River High Route in the spring. This thing has to be light and durable as hell. I need to spend less than $100 all in. What fabric should I use? First of all, congratulations. That sounds incredible. Uh, second, follow COVID protocols and be safe. Uh, to your actual answer, um, this lines up super well. I made accidentally made a fast pack in September. Um, it's supposed to be a running vest, and I oversized a little bit. Um, so it turned into like a 15 liter uh, vest style. I used 5.2 woven Dyneema. Again, I, like we said, I, I liked the look of it and that gave like this really nice balance of incredible durability with water resistance and, and really good weight. Um, now that we have some other fabrics, I believe from my calculations, I read this question ahead of time and looked at it. I believe that you could do this with the Venom, right? That's over an ounce lighter than the 5.2. Um, it is very durable as hell to use a direct reference there. It even says that in the product copy. You're right. <laughs> you're you're it right. Um, I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, yeah. So these are my brief calculations. You should only need about a half yard for the Venom to make a 15 liter fast pack. That should be enough. That's 32. You get some spacer mesh for the vest, shock cord, flat elastic, cord lock, a cam snap for the roll top closure, half inch webbing, a five eighth inch buckle, and then some DCF tape. Um, you're looking at roughly, rough math, please don't hold me directly to this. You're looking at roughly $90, not including shipping yet. That should put you right in there. Um, again, that is like the top option, your Venom. You cannot simply go wrong. And for what the strength, the weight, that is going to be your, your best option. And how much does a, would a comparable, just functionally, um, obviously you can't get one of the uh, things about DIYs, creating things that, that don't exist and that you can't buy, right? But functional equivalent, a, a functional equivalent, how much will that cost? 292 uh, and the five ounce Dyneema are going to be just about equivalent. They're going to be fan, like amazingly strong, fantastic abrasion resistance, 100% um, or good waterproofing, right? They're going to, yeah. they're not going to seep right, in your pack if you tape well. Um, these things are going to give you equal to that. Um, and those are going to run you like mid twenties. So your the 292 is $24 per half yard, I believe. No, no. I mean, if you're, if you were to buy a commercially available one. Ah, My fault. Uh, I said that. yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, so from what I've seen, uh, when I build mine, I 
loosely designed it. Again, I wanted to make my own, so that's why I didn't buy this one, but loosely designed it off the black diamond distance, uh, distance eight. Again, I oversized and made the 15. Um, that is, believe 140 or more. Uh, again, for a commercially made pack that they sell, you know, thousands of units of. Gotcha, gotcha. And then one, I'm assuming that one made by a cottage vendor with um, more specialty materials and things like that would be a little bit north of, of that. Yeah, I just want to jump in there because uh, I kind of have this problem where I uh, research everything too much. Um, so if, if you look at the, the fast packs that are out there right now, meaning like uh, smaller volume packs with vest style straps, um, they're actually in, in the cottage realm, there aren't that many, which I think is a little bit of a hole there. I think some of that is related to the difficulty in getting the fit of the vest and stuff right. Um, but I do know like uh, specifically Nashville Packs is making a pack, although it's like a, a backpacking pack that uses vest style straps, similar functionality. Um, and that's well over $200. I think um, Yama Mountain Gear makes a, a pretty sweet uh, backpack called the Sassafras that can be- Hey, like, there's one hanging on the wall. That Too bad be, it's just- uh, That can be, the volume can be adjusted and, and that's $225, but that's made of X-Pack. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say that uh, you're looking at 1.5 times the cost at least. Um, and that that would be like, if you're not getting something custom made, which you probably are, if you're going to make a running vest, because that's pretty important for it to match your anatomy. Definitely, definitely. And to, uh, to make direct comparisons, um, just for research sake, the distance 15 is $150 and it's got a 100D nylon plus a 200D PE. It's a great pack. If that's what you want, then that can fit you really well. Again, to compare options, um, that's what you're looking at kind of at REI, which could be a fantastic option for you. If you're going to make it, you have more flexibility on that fabric if that's something you're looking at doing. Sure. Got it. Awesome. So, Kyle. What is the coolest thing that you've seen made with our materials? The coolest thing, man. I uh, So how long have we been at this now? Seven years. We just had our seven year anniversary. So I've seen a lot of things. Um, I did not prepare an answer, but let me see if I can come up with one on the spot. Cool things that I've seen. Sculptures come to mind. Like uh, I think we had some Burning Man like sculptures uh, created with uh, with like 1.9 ripstop or something like that. So those are are pretty cool. Um, but then just like for my personal taste, like things that I find cool, um, man. I mean, like just some of the hammocks and whatnot that have been made out of monolite and um, seeing the the ground underneath, like some of those pictures where you you see people like laying in the hammock and then. Um, being able to see through the the body of the fabric, especially because I think we may have said this before, but I didn't know. I don't think we realized that that was going to happen beforehand, right? Like it wasn't. We didn't. We didn't develop that fabric with the uh, translucency um, property in mind whatsoever. But it became like one of the defining characteristics of of the fabric, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely think that we were we were thinking about the breathability, and we knew that it, we knew that it would be like gossamer in nature, but we did, we weren't really yeah. thinking about like being able to see through the sidewall that's normally blocking your view as such a, a positive thing. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think those are the for me uh, the coolest things. Some of the coolest things. All right, I'd like to take this as almost like a roundtable question. Uh, this is a great question from Backwards Hat Forward Thinking, uh, also known as our favorite wholesale rep, Lance. Mr. Lance. Uh, the whole ripstop by the roll crew goes into the woods with only a backpack. Uh, I'm gonna direct this to Carter first. Who lasts the longest, Carter? So I've been thinking about this. So I actually, saw this one when Lance sent it, sent it in. So I had, in, in, in fairness, I have had time to think about this and I have a, I have an answer and I'm going to explain it and I'll be brief. So my first thought is, you know, I'm egotistical. I've had the most backpacking experience. Well, besides Lance, he doesn't count. Most backpacking experience outside of Lance and Avery. They don't count. If you threw hike, then you are yeah, overqualified. Yeah. If you threw hike, you're overqualified. You don't even get to go. 2,000, 200. <laughs> you don't get to go. 
Um, but like I said, egotistical. So I would, I would assume that I would pick myself, but in reality, that is totally not true. Um, so then I'm stuck between two people. One of them is Moshe, who is our laser operator. This guy is, he's like the honey badger of people. Like he can, I, I trust him to like save a child from a fire and then I'll go ride on like a 700 mile bike ride and then like wake up and work like 150 hours. And then I would be like, how are you doing? And he'd be like, oh, I don't care. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> like, so I just think that no matter what happens, because he's not afraid of basically anything, including death, I think that he, in, in the forest, he just wouldn't give a shit. He would just literally just be like, oh, rattlesnake? Yeah, I'm probably just going to snap its neck and eat it raw. And it's going to be fine. Um, so that, that would be one. And this is going to be a battle. because So we have Moshe. And then we have Rod. Who is one of our fulfillment Ooh, team members? And the dark horse. Rod Rod see that one is, shout out Rod. You probably won't listen to this, and if you do, you'll probably make fun of me for it. But oh, he's going to roast you tomorrow. Yeah. Or, Did he force you to put himself on the podcast? No, no. Uh, he, but Rod is into bushcrafting. Believe it or not, something that um, he doesn't talk about much, but he actually knows about like making primitive shelters and fire and stuff like that. So technically, his skill set aligns pretty damn well to surviving in the woods. Also, he is probably like 6'1", 230, mostly muscle. And I feel like he could kill a bear if he needed to. And so... Harass a little bear. Yeah, definitely. So so one of those two. And then obviously I think Lance and Avery would be like the real choice. And I specifically don't mention them just to make them mad. But Over, I, Overqualified. No yeah, problem. yeah, I would say that they would probably be the ones that would survive. But they already have survived, so that doesn't count. If that makes sense. So let me let me get this straight, because um, it wasn't specified. Do we we can put whatever we want to in the pack, correct? Or is it just the back? I feel like this is an interpretation question where he doesn't specify. So if you interpret it that way, Kyle, then that is the right interpretation. I'm going to operate under the premise that it is just a it is a gear loadout of normal proportions, meaning you're going in with just your backpack, meaning like a typical tent pack it up how i want uh yeah but yeah, you can't include like a bazooka or anything like it's just, just on yeah. what i put in the pack um etc etc yeah yeah, yeah. I, I would just say it's normal though like you, you don't get to choose like oh well i would put a fucking garmin in reach and then i would just ask for help and they would come pick me up like that doesn't count yeah you're not answering the question thank you i mean if you did that like you I, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah no you're good I was like, <laughs> "You're cheating." Yes. Kyle, who would you who would you pick? Man, I don't know. Um, it's such a uh, an open ended question. Um, yeah, I mean, Moshe is a good is a good choice, right? Because he's just that that type of guy who is is uh, gonna survive. Like he's resilient right um and he can endure pain uh this we know from the uh from certain things that he's may or may not have done to his uh body um <clears throat> but so uh, you know i think that speaks for uh, to his resiliency and uh, ability to adapt jtown i'm so tempted to like take the political answer and be like oh we're a company full of inspired individuals that can all get out but i feel like i'm gonna be sufficiently yelled at you're right i was already preparing to <laughs> i could make a case for everybody like for anybody that i mean we're an e-commerce company so now of you don't know but like if you've seen the size of kyle's biceps and you're going to feel inclined to take somebody that could pull themselves through a jungle like uh Tarzan. i've also been uh, actively doing the wim hof method breathing techniques for the past two weeks every day so just yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not like putting a plug in for myself, but like if you want to have some ammunition to promote me, then I, yeah, yeah. Uh, Carter has tons of backpacking experience, so he will. Uh, he'll he might look the best on the trail in terms of gear, and we all know that we all know that looks go a long way in the wilderness. Look good, feel good, play good. That's what my basketball coach used to always say, and then he would leave me on the bench. Um, no votes for Keithan. I mean, Keithan can make uh, an any animal laugh, so that's got a good chance of getting him way out. We haven't mentioned Colin yet. I don't, I don't really know him that well, frankly. But he used to live like out in Wyoming or something, and he's got to be used to the wilderness and kind of, you know, desolate places. So that's got to be a skill. I would say again, 
to highlight, I'm pretty sure that it would be Lance or Avery. But it, for the sake of humor, I think Colin, Colin, okay, Colin is one of the most genuinely kind human beings I've ever met in my life. And which is a stark contrast for how terrible of a person I am. <laughs> so I, I don't know if he would survive for that long, just because I think like, he might be like caring for the animals and shit like that. And like, not, not to say that he's dumb. Like, I think he's really smart, but I think that he would be like, oh, I don't really want to kill that rabbit to survive. Like it's, this is its home. And as a bear swipes his yeah, head off. Yeah, yeah. Just saying we are quit. We are, we are saying that if you're going to exist in the wilderness and you have to kill animals. Yeah. I think that Moshe would do that shit in a heartbeat. Although he did save a raccoon in the dumpster the other day. So maybe, I don't know, he has a soft spot. He risks life and limb. As far as I know, Lance and Avery went 4,000 miles collectively and didn't have to kill an animal and existed the whole time. It's they called trail magic. Yeah, like I said, they probably, they, they definitely win that, but. Anyway. It's, it's more fun if we don't pick them. <laughs> Sorry, Avery. I love you. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, yeah, where do you go from there? Card, I've got a, a nice little wrap-up question for you. Um, do you know anything about sleepwalking? I'm glad we uh, glad we could touch on this. Yeah, so I've got a little story to tell. So about, I don't know what, this was two weeks ago, maybe two or three weeks ago. Uh, my wife came home with some, some new like bath mats and rugs and stuff. I don't know where she got them, but they were like, you know, pretty nice. Uh, they had like tassels on them. They, they look really good, right? So I saw those, I was like, oh, these are super nice. And she replaced the ones in the kitchen that's are like in front of the dishwasher in the oven and you know where mats go. And so the next day I'm at work and uh, Ashley's like, what did you do with the mat in front of the oven? Like thinking that I, you know, I have a tendency to be uh, pretty organizational and uh, I do a lot of cleaning and stuff at home and I really enjoy it. So she was, she thought I just like moved it to a different spot. Cause I liked it there better or something. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So eventually she's like searching around the house. She's like, this is so weird. Like, I don't know where that, like this mat is gone. And I have no idea what's happened to, to, to this floor mat. Like it's big. We're talking like big three feet wide. It's not small. Big, it's not, right. big, it's not right. And it's not there. So finally she calls me and she's like, dude, you ran it through the entire laundry cycle in your sleep. So I was sleepwalking. I took a, a t-shirt that was already washed from the dryer. I took it out. I put it in the washer and then I put the, the new mat in the washer, put detergent and everything and ran it through like the gentle cycle and ran it all the way through the laundry for some reason while I was asleep and then went back to sleep. I have absolutely no recollection of that. I have literally no, I do not remember that whatsoever. I, I do not remember that at all, but I definitely did it. <laughs> and I, that honestly is pretty horrifying, <laughs> but it is nice to know that I still put it on the gentle cycle. Like I was still thinking, like I knew, I knew I was trying to take care of the, the new purchase. There's a, there's a certain purity to this. You know, we've asked, we, Kyle's mentioned his sleep or uh, Carter's mentioned his sleeping habits in the past on the podcast. So I felt like we had to touch on this again. It's just a, it's part of the lineage now. Uh, it's, I feel like there's a, there's a piece of this that's just so pure that like, even when Carter is at his most unaware state, he's cleaning the house, he's running the laundry, he's making sure everything is so tidy. Yeah. What a great guy. Yeah. And then three months from now, I go over to Carter's house and look in the closet and there's 17 rolls of DCF. <laughs> How did those get there? Oh, I'll sleep Seriously, I drove all the way to the shop and I came back and I posted them on uh, uh, Reddit Ultralight Gear Trade and uh, it was on accident. It sold in 10 minutes. It was crazy. Can't help it. Donated the money to charity though. So really, was it stealing? I'm the Robin Hood of fabric. Okay, so final question. Um, and this is for Kyle. So on our second episode, I think, um, I gave you the option to choose three people to bring with you to the apocalypse um and i don't know if you remember who you picked um myself mr t and george washington actually i think it was george washington mr t because of the chain and then i just threw myself in there because i couldn't think of a third person yeah uh, so a clone of yourself so it would be you four yeah there it would be you yeah, there you kyle version two and those guys so now that we're uh, five episodes older, 
would you change that answer or would you stick with it and why? I think I'm pretty happy with the first two. Um, with regard to myself, what can I say? Um, I'm not all the way through the Wim Hof method service program. So, you know, if I were, then it'd be an easy answer. You know, I just insert myself um, as a superhuman being. But third person, what would be a good third person? Is it Moshe? Is like the winner of a, is it the winner of our rip stop by the because then he could kill the rats or the snakes or any animal that we could yeah. potentially yeah. consume. Yeah. Right? Um, man, maybe we go with someone that uh, can uh, provide some entertainment value. You know, like a, uh, a Matt Damon, right? Matt Damon is a good guy, <laughs> right? Holy shit! Goodwill Hunting. I like it. Huh? I like it. Uh, this is a good amendment. I think I agree with that. I like that. Um, just to be clear, I think I would choose like, uh, if we if they can't be fictional, then I would choose like Chris Kyle, the American sniper dude. Uh, like, I, I would basically just pick three of the best killers in the world and they would be, and they just kill all the zombies and I would just chill. Solid choice. Anyways, okay, that's awesome. Matt Damon is, uh, I wasn't expecting that and that makes it all the more beautiful. There it is. Indeed. All right. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on another episode. Um, questions did not disappoint. And uh, man, I'm stoked about 2020, the episodes to come, the fabrics to come, and Ripstop by the Roll uh, this year. Yeah, for sure. We definitely appreciate you guys listening. Uh, as always, uh, one thing that we're looking for as we're still in the infancy of this podcast is any feedback that you want to give, please reach out via social media and talk with the incredible Avery or reach out to us in any other Avenue. And uh, I, I want to hear it. Even if it's like, please don't let Carter be on the podcast anymore. That's fine with me because we, we want this to be something for, Get him out of there. For, yeah. We want this to be something for, for you guys. Um, so yeah. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Go back and listen to the other episodes and yeah, we love you. We appreciate you guys. This has been the seventh episode of Ripstop on the record, the official podcast of DIYers and small business owners everywhere. We're Cypher 2021 and we'll see you next time. Bye guys. Yee -yee. Make good gear, drink good beer. <laughs> <laughs>